Just before we get started, do you have a business or maybe a staff event coming up, either virtually or in person? Well, why not drop the organiser a line and suggest me as one of the speakers? Go to pennyhaslam.co.uk to find out more. Hi, welcome back. This time on the Penny Haslam podcast, tell you what, I hate being interrupted. Well, thank you for that. Um, thank you. I have to leave it there for now. Could I just carry on and finish what I'm saying without interruption? Interrupting is awful, isn't it? I am often interrupted. I interrupt. We do it. We just do it, especially in family. In family, you know what I mean, with our family members. And it's just how it is sometimes. However, there are times when you need to interrupt. And I was thinking uh, of a panel discussion I moderated a few years ago, actually. It was pre-Brexit. It was about six years ago. And I wished I'd been a bit better at interrupting um, back then. I've learned the art since and I've really become quite okay about interrupting in the right setting. So if you're chairing a meeting or hosting a panel discussion, that's when you need to know how to interrupt well. So in my book, Panel Discussions, I know, what's it about? (laughs) In my book, Panel Discussions, The Ultimate Guide, Um, I've done a little section on interrupting on page 64, if you're interested. And obviously, we worry about interrupting. It's not something we do on purpose. In a normal meeting or in a normal discussion, we don't think, oh, I've, I've got to interrupt now. I'm going for it and do it so firmly. But when you're running the show, when it's your meeting, you're chairing, or it's your panel that you need to move on because you're running out of time or that individual's going on a bit, you know, the one, um, then it's really important to interrupt. The situation I found myself in six years ago was when I chaired a panel about Brexit, pre-Brexit, and about how the law was going to cope. And I don't know, it was something to do with the law. I've done a lot and they kind of blur into one, I have to say. But I came to the first panellist and sort of threw the question out. I said, you know, John, what, what do you think at that point? John went on and on and on. John just talked and talked. You know, lawyers sometimes do that. Um, And none of the other panellists could get a look in. And because it was the first question with the first sort of run at the answer, it felt a bit difficult to interrupt it actually and go, we must move on for time. We have to leave it there now. uh, But nowadays I'd have gone, Okay, um, I think when in terms of keeping it on time, we should just ask someone else their opinion. So, Jeremy, what do you think, etc. Um, so I wouldn't have a problem with that now. But I, it's take, it takes a while to build up to these things. You've got to be quite assertive and not actually care too much about the outcome, or worry that you might look rude, or even apologise for interrupting when actually it's your job to keep things moving along and going along to time. So it is necessary to jump in. Um, so you could say something like, or I could have said something like, okay, well, well, thank you for that. Um, thank you. I have to leave it there for now. Um, let's move on to the next topic or let me ask another question of the panel and then kind of repeat that. Or you might want to do some physical interruptions like raising your palm, really nodding, like nodding a lot, as in stop talking now, please. 
or even just subtly point at your watch if the audience can't see what you're doing and just, you know, or even do that little sign, like an inch, finger and thumb, sort of like keep it to time. Okay. So a little nonverbal signal there. Um, or you could simply say something very bold, which is, I'm going to have to interrupt you. We must move on. Don't say though, I'm really sorry, John, John, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to interrupt you. And then, you know, don't feel bad about it afterwards as well. I mean, people might look a bit taken aback in the moment, but actually it's your job when you're chairing a meeting is to point your finger and go, John, or gesticulate with your hand outstretched at them and go, we'll have to leave it there on that point. I do want to keep things running to time. Who else has got something to say? Or Charlotte, you had something to say, or, you know, whoever else. It's your job to interrupt. Now, I want to take it from those moments where you're tasked with running things to when you are not tasked with running things and you are being interrupted. And I tell you what, I hate being interrupted. But I equally do interrupt other people. I'm aware of that. So I'm very curious about this area of communication. And I know the ideal is to not interrupt. Sometimes... I think you can tell that people are running out of steam on an idea or what they're saying, or they're actually beginning to go into the second cycle of repeating themselves in a different way. And people do that very naturally. And if, you've, if you're excited and you want to input, then maybe it's applicable to jump in. And maybe you caveat it with, Jane, I've totally got what you've got to say. I hear you. I think it's a brilliant point. I just want to jump in and say... Or you jump in and say something and then you realize it's not gone down very well. In which case, back off and say, I am so sorry I've interrupted you, haven't I? I do apologize. Now, the brilliant thing about doing that and noticing when you're doing it and stopping yourself and setting the example is that you are indeed doing that for others around the table. You're setting an example of not interrupting. So you're backing off from your mistake. And I think that's a really cool way of helping set the tone with other colleagues, which is, you know, we have meetings, don't we? We're not all on panels all day long or chairing meetings. We're actually mostly participating in them. And so if you're able to role model good behavior, even when you make a mistake of interrupting someone, backing away and saying you're sorry is a really good way of doing that. Um, if you get interrupted, though, you could ignore it. That's one way of dealing with it. If it's a regular occurrence, then it needs dealing with, doesn't it? So you could keep going, just keep going, keep pushing through, keep making your point, talking over them because they basically interrupted you and it will become a battle of wills and very noticeable to other people, probably least noticeable to the person interrupting you, actually, but nonetheless... You could keep going if you're, if you're mid-flow um, or you could be polite about it, which is a favorite of mine. I Look, I, I, I think what you're about to say is really valuable. Could I just finish my point though? Mm, no one's going to argue with that, are they? Now, oh, yeah, I, am, I have got valuable stuff. And yes, you can finish what, I'm, what you're about to say. So those are my two main ways of dealing with interrupting the third and the third way of course is to call it out right away don't just say hey stop interrupting me I don't like it when you interrupt me no 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 just 
just cleanly stop talking and say, you've just interrupted me. I'm going to carry on if you don't mind. Or you've just interrupted me. Could I carry on? Or please, can you stop interrupting me? Or you've interrupted me three times in this meeting. Could I just carry on and finish what I'm saying without interruption? It would really help me with my thinking. Or it would really help me just finish off this point that I'm trying to make. And yeah, you might get a few people wrinkling the noses and doing a bit of that. But does it matter? No. Right. So there we go. Really good tip for you to leave you with is thinking about how you might interrupt others when you need to, is to listen to speech radio when they're interviewing guests. Radio 5 Live, for example, if you're in the UK or LBC, Radio 4 perhaps in the the news shows when they're interviewing guests and they're tight on time. So the presenter, the interviewer, will often try and get the guest to wrap up. It's especially good on the sports and news channel Radio 5 Live because often they're going to some cricket news or somebody's just scored a goal somewhere or, I don't know, done something in tennis. And they're often having to go, I'm going to have to interrupt you there because we've just heard (laughs) that the cricket's done something. I don't know what cricket people do, wickets and all that. Um... But also we, when they're interviewing more than two, get more than one guest, two guests, and it might be that the guests interrupt each other, which is valuable and actually makes good radio. So how have they done that comfortably? And then how does the other person respond? Is it in any of the three ways that I've outlined that you might use in your own meetings? So that's a good tip if you're running things, if it's your show to run, is to listen to speech radio. Um, How do the presenters handle it? Are they firm? Are they polite? And maybe copy some of those phrases for yourself. And then in day-to-day meetings, observe others in action. How do others handle being interrupted? And what do you think of that? Is that the way to do it? Would you like to emulate that? Um, Just be more observant um, as a participant if you're worried about being interrupted and, you know, overridden. No one likes being overridden, do they? No. And then finally, a longer piece of work that you could do is to read. God, that sounds really onerous, doesn't it? Like a massive amount of homework. A longer piece of work you could do is to write a dissertation, 10,000 words on interrupting. No, I don't mean that. I mean, read a book or dive into the world of Nancy Klein, K L. E-I-N, Nancy, lovely name, Nancy. Nancy Klein, she wrote a book years ago called Time to Think, and that is all about listening, which is obviously the opposite of interrupting. So Nancy Klein, really good. If you know that you're a guilty interrupter, in fact, I'm going to get it as a Christmas present for all of my family members. See how it goes down. See you next time. My third book is coming out in 2024. It's all about confidence at work and in life. And as you'd expect from me, there are lots of stories and ideas to help you build confidence, whether it's for yourself or for others. It might be colleagues, teammates, friends and family. Head to pennyhaslam.co.uk slash confidence dash book.